This is Glenn Crooks on Frame. James Sands, who at the age of 16 became the first homegrown sign by New York City FC, returned nearly three months early from an 18-month loan to Rangers FC in the Scottish Premiership and has started the last two matches for New York City. Here in an exclusive one-on-one -on -one with the now 22-year-old Sands, he'll explain why the experience in Glasgow, despite periods of inactivity, were valuable to his personal development. He describes the number six deal he made in his return to New York City, and we'll hear from one of his assistant coaches at Rangers, a former coach in the city football group, who worked closely with Sands and believes strongly that he'll one day return to Europe. We address the U.S. men's national team and what it will take for another invite for James Sands. He was visited by a national team assistant just days prior to his flight from Glasgow to JFK on February 28th. With New York City preparing for match day four and D.C. United, here's my conversation with the guy from Rye, James Sands. With James Sands, uh, after training on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, ahead of a big match this weekend, it'll be the second home match and D.C. United, the opponent. James, welcome. I, I suppose I should start by saying welcome back, even though you've been back a little bit. Um, I, I wonder if you could maybe um, just go through the range of emotions as you were boarding the plane from Glasgow to come back to New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, there must have been a lot running through your mind, I would imagine. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going through my mind, and it was honestly a, a whole mix of emotions because um, I really enjoyed you know, the 14 months I spent there. Um, I had a lot of very good friends. Um, I feel like I developed a lot as a player definitely but also as a person living overseas um, and you know as I said it's, it's tough to leave behind people that you become quite close with um, so that that part of it was obviously sad on the flip side of that I think coming back here was you know a unique opportunity for me and you know that that part of it made me excited and you know I was excited about how much I could develop um, coming back here and you know, having gained the experience I did over in Europe. So definitely a mix of emotions, but um, you know, I think that's a good thing. What were the particular aspects of the growing as a person? Mm -hmm. I mean, the one thing you immediately think of, you're far away from home and you're on your own at first, but can you describe some of how that worked and how, how you felt you grew? Yeah, I think it, it was going over there. It was really my first time just living on my own, um, which is, you know, a big adjustment and, you know, your family's not there, you can't see them every day. So, you know, I definitely had to get used to that. Um, and then all the things that, you know, everyday people, you know, have to do. You have to find a car, you have to get insurance, you have to cook for yourself. You know, stuff I just didn't do before, um, I was forced to, to start doing. So, um, you know, everyone comes to a point where they have to start doing that stuff. And for me, it was sort of my first time. Um, but I think it was it was useful to go through that. So you got a car. Mm -hmm. Now, is all the UK, do they drive on the opposite side? Is that something you had to, uh, I would assume, get a little used yes. to? How yeah. long did that take? Um, <laughs> the first couple weeks were rough. I definitely <laughs> clipped a couple curves, but um, <laughs> after a while, I got used to it. What kind of car did you get? I had a uh, Mercedes CLA. Nice. Yeah, yeah nice. nice car. So how many times did you get in the car on the wrong side? I, 
The well, funny story, the very first time someone from the club came to pick me up from the airport, I immediately went to the wrong side of the car <laughs> to get in. So after that, I had to you know, think about it for a while, but then it was sort of natural by the end. <laughs> James Sands with us. Let's review how it went for you there. I, 41 appearances overall, 24 of those in cups. But now if we look towards the tail end, you played in seven consecutive matches from October the 22nd, 2022 through nearly the end of December. And then the last 10 Ranger competitions on the bench and did not play in five. Mm-hmm. You had a full 90 in the Scottish FA Cup against Patrick Thistle at center back. So obviously the arrival of Michael Beal in place of Gio Van Bronckhorst seemed to have an impact. Uh, definitely. And um, a, a big reason why I went to Rangers in the first place was because of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Um, he is a coach I was aware of. You know, he had connections with the City Football Group and you know, I was familiar with his style of play and I thought it's something that really suited me. Um, and I think the first six months I was there, it was just getting used to a new country, getting used to a new team. So I played in some games, but definitely wasn't playing consistently. And then the start of, um, I guess, the season, so in July or August, when the new season right. started, I played you know, a lot more consistently. I was involved in you know, pretty much every game, played a lot in Champions League. Um, so I was playing quite consistently. Um, and then obviously the club let Gio go and they brought in Michael Beal, um, who was also a really good coach. And a lot of the guys had you know, previous experience working with him. So in all honesty, I felt like I was a little bit behind everyone to start. Um, and then I think at the end of the day, he just had a different approach to the game that maybe didn't suit me as well. Um, and he's done a fantastic job with Rangers. They're, they've won. I don't know how many games in a row, 15 or something. So clearly what he's doing is working. I just didn't feel like it suited me as well as you know what Gio was trying to do. Did you get honest feedback from him, Michael Beal? I did, and you know he said he really liked me as a player. Um, I, you know, one of the first sit-down meetings I had with him, he said, you know, when I look at new players, I like to, um, I like to ask other players how they feel about that person. Um, and I think what he said to me was, you know, the team really respects you as a player and you're someone I have no problem putting on onto the field and, you know, in intense situations. Um, but at the end of the day, there were guys he liked better and guys he had worked with before. So at that point, it was a little hard to, to get games. That happens in jobs uh, across the landscape. Yeah. A new boss comes in and, you know, you might be favored by one and, yeah. and not necessarily the other, no yeah. fault of your own. Mm-hmm. Well, part of Gio Van Bronckhorst's staff, for, for a while anyway, was Kerry Boley, mm-hmm. who I recently interviewed. So I want you to hear a couple of things that he had to say about you and then we, c- we can talk about it. First and foremost, the move away has been good for him. Um, I think it's been good for him to go and experience Europe and he's, you know, he's, he's been able to play in the Champions League and the Europa League to a degree last season as well. So he's had some fantastic experiences. Um, I think he's a player that can absolutely play across Europe without without a shadow of a doubt. You know, if you were to ask, is he good enough? Yeah, without without a doubt, he is. I think one of the one of the challenges, and it, it's the same when he was at New York in many ways, is James's versatility and can be a real strength, but sometimes can also hold him back. 
Um, and, and as a result, you'll always trust him when you put him in a position that he's going to go out and he's going to do a good job. But sometimes that means that he doesn't play in, in what I consider to be his best position. And although towards the end of our time, we were able to get him more in that position uh, because we had centre-backs coming back from injury, then when we lost centre-backs again, he needed to go back and play in the back four, which he, which he does. And he does, does a, a good job there. And it always, you know, he was always developing, always keen to learn. I spent a lot of time with him um, at Rangers day to day, talking about his game, helping him around um, around what we needed and, and just trying to pick out moments through the IDP process around correction, reinforcement. And he, he is absolutely a top, top learner, really wants to improve every day, committed to everything that he does. And those qualities will be the reason why he will continue to improve and um, and and develop to be a, a top European player. So that was uh, an interview I did at the end of December with Kerry, so you had not yet moved to, to New yeah. York City. But let's tackle a couple of those things. And first is there was some question as to whether the move to Glasgow, uh, Rangers FC, would be beneficial for you. And you, you said at the top it was, but yeah. what maybe ex- expand on that a little bit. I think there, you know, when I was coming off the season where we won and the season where I, you know, after that I went on loan, I had a number of different, um, you know, options in Europe that I could have chosen. You know, I felt like Rangers was going to give me the best chance to see a different style of football, which was important for me, but also to play in a lot of very high level games. Um, Now, some people might say the Scottish Premiership is not always a high-level game. Yeah. No, for sure. A lot of the games we play in the league in Scotland were not high-level, per se, but they asked completely different things of myself as a player than you know, an MLS game. So I think those games you just take as a learning experience. Yeah. Learn to attack a team that's sitting in a very low block. Learn to you know, play against a team that's just playing long balls into the striker. So I think that part of it really helped me. And then you look at the, you know, 10, 12 games we played in Europe this season were extremely high level. Um, and then the old firm games also very high level. Right. So I think, you know, getting as wide a range of experiences as I could was a big thing for me um, because I had a lot of questions about myself prior to going over there. And I think, you know, Rangers was the best club to help me answer some of those. I looked at the two matches against Ajax and two against Napoli, and I believe you played the full matches yeah. in all those three at center back yeah. and one at um, mm-hmm. the number six are holding midfield, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I look at those four matches, just you look at everything, and yeah. uh, what do you remember about those experiences? Any specific moments that stand out? Um, no, they, they're not super pleasant experiences. Right, we, we understand yeah. the uh, goal differential if yeah. we look back on it. Yeah. Nonetheless, it's a learning experience. It is, and everyone has to go through that at some point, you know. Everyone will make their first appearance in Champions League, and it, it'll be really tough, but you can, you know, only get the second, the third, the fourth if you've done the first one. So it, it was very tough, but I've now seen the game at the highest level. Like, there are very few teams in Europe this season that are better than Napoli. You know, there are very few teams that are better than Ajax. So. I now know what the top level looks like, and I know what I need to improve on to to get there. And how does that impact your return and your first day on the training pitch? Mm-hmm. 
now you're coming into where it's, you know, it's a different environment. Mm -hmm. it, it's obviously a winning environment, mm -hmm. and uh, you were part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the biggest things for me to see over in Europe was just the standards they have, both at Rangers, first of all. You know, every game they're expected to win, home, away. <laughs> If you're playing... Especially the old firm. Yeah. If you're playing Livingston or you're playing Napoli, you're expected to win all of them. Um, so obviously, you know, being in a club in MLS, like New York, it's a different position. Um, but I think trying to achieve those and reach those standards is, you know, something I can help pass on to the guys here. Um, and, I, yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing for me. Now, I would guess, win or lose here in New York City, you can go into your coffee shop in Rye, New York, and you're going to be treated the same way. I'm, I'm curious, you, you play a Celtic, an old firm, on a Saturday or Sunday. Now, Monday morning, you go out and take a stroll and maybe go into one of the local stores and get get recognized. It, are those uh, difficult moments? Is there any... Uh... Yeah, they're not, not, not easy moments. I, I live, to be fair, in a pretty good area where okay. you wouldn't be bothered too much, but once you go into Sydney Center or something, after you lose that game, it's it's not easy. There was actually one game, I think in the fall, where we lost to Celtic, and you know Greg Berhalter, you know the manager of the U.S. at the time, was over there watching the game, and he had asked me and Malik and um, Carter Vickers. Carter Vickers. To There's dinner. a famous picture yeah. of you three or you yeah. four at the uh, dinner table or somewhere so, afterwards. Um, that 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 sort of thing that obviously did not go down well with with some of the fans, um, <laughs> right? That, because I, you were yeah. all at the same table. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, of but course. That's, that's sort of. Of course. The thing you learn from yeah. there. Right. And you wore no green in your entire no. time there. Yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> Left all the green at home. Were you recognized on the streets? Though? I mean, if you were walking around, people, hey, James, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that, that definitely happens. I I tried to go pretty low profile. Hat on, little hat over the eyes. Up, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's great being in that city. They they love those teams, so it was cool to be part of. James Sands with the shades. Yeah. Hey, one more from Kerry Bowley here. I want to focus on uh, the number six, mm -hmm. which is uh, when we read the initial press release of your return. Um, that's what David Lee talked about. Yeah. That's what uh, Nick Cushing has talked about. And uh, Kerry Bowley, who's been part of the City Football Group, uh, so this is what he had to say about the six. Yeah, I think, look, for one, and, and I found this across the group, that the six position is difficult in that for players to stay as a six is sometimes the hardest thing. To be disciplined, to be in the position of the six is sometimes the hardest thing because it's quite easy to go and follow the ball and get caught up all over the pitch. Midfield players that want to want to bomb around everywhere and get pressure on every ball everywhere, it's not easy. And it's a real specific role, especially in the way that we played in the group. It's a real specific role that we need them to fulfil um, in terms of the area of the pitch that we need them to occupy with and without the ball. Um, you know, when it comes to our style of play was quite open, naturally, because of the attacking nature of it, which means that you're always going to be susceptible, as we've already talked about, to transition moments. And the six is one of the most important players in that. When you look at Rodri at City, he also is. Um, so I think James's discipline, the way that he reads the game, um, his ability in terms of defensive duels in those situations is strong. Um, and his passing ability off both feet and specifically line-breaking passing through midfield, I think that's what that's what really 
gives him the edge in terms of being able to play in that position. So do you share that perspective as far as you at the six? I mean, I think he's, you know, nailed it pretty spot on. Um, but the, the things he talks about, you know, having discipline, um, you know, off the ball, being responsible for the transition, um, holding your position, and then on the ball, you know, the line-breaking passes he talks about are all things I feel like are strengths of my game. Um, but then when you look at, you know, when I played against Napoli or, or Ajax or PSV, those guys do it at an extremely high level. So, you know, me coming here is uh, an attempt to get even better at those sorts of things. And, you know, I felt like coming here, I could develop in that role more so than, you know, somewhere like Rangers where I was playing, but it was at left center back or something. Right. And from what I understand, there were some early talks going on about you returning early from your loan, and, but it seems like there's this mutual agreement that you know, we've seen you at center back, mm -hmm. both in a back four and in a back three or a back five. And, uh, but again, there seems to be this agreement that this is, uh, you've come back to play the six. Yeah, um, and that's not to say that I won't fill in at center back. You know, if the team needs it, I'll always do what, what the team needs first. But for my personal development and my goals, I, you know, think it's important that I play in that role, that number six role, as much as I can. And I think the club is on the same page about that. James Sands with us. Now, you're just 22 years old. It, it seems like you're older, maybe, that you've yeah. been in the club for so long. You signed when you were 16. The U.S. men's national team, you earned your first cap under Greg Berhalter. And you had some wonderful experiences there, um, in particular in the Gold Cup, uh, a win over Mexico, 120 minutes on the field, um, but then not called in for the latter part of qualifying. And then now you're in Glasgow. The team is in Qatar. This is an important time for you, too. Obviously, that's a goal of yours. I don't think anyone would uh, state uh, otherwise. How will being here maybe aid that you know what what's the step you have to take in order to get back into that mix yeah i i, I think you know in the first clip carrie kind of mentioned it but i think the ver versatility part of it it helps me in some situations but it also does hurt me a little bit um, and, I and think we've talked about that before yeah. yeah is it because you're just not consistently developing in one position so you can't elevate is well, that well that and also you know for the, from the national team perspective when they're picking players for different spots you know they're more likely to pick someone you know if they're picking center backs they're more likely to pick someone who plays center back every game and is seen as a center back over someone like myself who was previously seen as someone who could maybe play center back, maybe play six, but didn't really know where they were best. Right. Um, and I, you know, as I said before, coming here, you know, eliminates that sort of indecision. Because I recall you playing, um, I thought one of your valuable traits for Burhalter in the U.S. men was playing in the back three, yeah. in the middle. Yeah. But he played you in a way where you got into the midfield. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a, yeah. it was almost like a six role. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah. Well, we did that for one game, I think. It was against Canada in the Gold mm. Cup, um, and I think I was really well suited to that role, and that was probably my best game of that tournament. Um, so I think you know the qualities that I have, you know, can help me in that role. So we are recording this on a day where the um, interim head coach Anthony Hudson has uh, announced his roster for the Nations League coming up. 
So Anthony Hudson uh, was Greg Berhalter's assistant, along with B.J. Callahan. Now, I know B.J. was over for the old firm, the most recent one. Yeah. You weren't in the squad for that one. I'm assuming that yeah. maybe things had progressed in a way where, you yeah. know, you, you knew you were coming. Did you have any communication with uh, B.J. while he was there? Yeah, he was over for the game, and I, I talked to him quite a bit, um, just about, you know, a lot of things, but the national team in general, um, and it's... You know, a lot of things with the national team are obviously up in the air at the minute. Yeah. With all the, the vacant roles that they have. Um, but he was just, you know, very helpful in giving me a picture of what to expect going forward and, you know, how I can, you know, play my way into the, into the group. And he's thinking midfield as well? I mean, was that in your discussion? That was not specifically in our right. discussion, but I think if they see me playing there week in, week out, then that will be the logical thinking. I've met your brother, Will. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know who your parents are. Yeah. I've never seen them. I mean, have, have, have you ever had to tell your parents, hey, you got to cool off a little bit here? Or, hey, you know, I, or have they been, you know, because, of course, yeah. they love you and they, yeah. they want what's best for you, too. Yeah, no, I, I think my parents are, neither of them played soccer. So all the on-the-field stuff, it's really not their you know area of expertise so they you know anything that happens on the field they just you know let me or let my brother handle it um i would say where where my dad is most helpful is you know if i'm doing a contract negotiation or something that involves other people um that's you know right. more in line with with his work and he's very good at that sort of thing yeah um but you know they, they've been both of them have been great in just letting me you know make my own decisions uh, you know, I look back to even signing my first professional contract. It was always the plan for me to go to college. And when I spoke to them and said I wanted to do something else, I wanted to sign professionally, they said, okay, it's your decision. So, you know, they were great about knowing when to help me and knowing when to just stand back and, and let me figure it out. I remember that trip to Emelec very well. And I'm pretty certain there were some discussions going on then about the possibility of you even signing then yeah but you elected to wait a little longer yeah yeah, yeah. and you know p part of that was down to you know what I was doing in school at the minute there were certain things I needed to finish um, but also um, just waiting a little bit gave my you know parents a chance to speak to Patrick Vieira who was the coach then in person and right you know when someone gets a chance to speak to him in person, it's it's pretty much a done deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, uh, wonderful to be able to sit down and chat with you, and um, we're all really happy to see you back and hope that uh, things progress uh, the way you want them to as, uh, as you continue to develop here, and then maybe more hardware, yep. silverware. That, that's Trophies, yeah. Yep. All right, man. He had a man-of-the-match performance in Portland when New York City won their first trophy, MLS Cup, in 2022. Will his return, along with attacking midfielder Santi Rodriguez, buoy City in their quest for another MLS title? To be continued. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.